مهدی تارمی پشت محبت جریمه بارمی پاس برای سردار گول گول برای ایران سردار آزمون در وزه بحرای رو باز میکنه What's going on, guys? Welcome to another World Cup group preview. For this one, we're going Group E. That is between Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, and Japan. And joining me for this one is one of my great, great friends from that I met at the University of Massachusetts. Also, my partner in crime to win an intramural soccer trophy at the University of Massachusetts. Big, big football soccer fan, whatever you want to call it. My man, Dean, finally making an on-camera appearance to talk Spain, Germany, Japan, Costa Rica. That's right, man. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. And I'm ready, I'm ready for this World Cup. Super excited. Can't wait. You're, you're even more excited because you're going there, but I can't wait. Everybody's excited, especially those of us who are, you know, big into the game. And you're one of those people. So let's get right into it. I All guess right. we're going to start with – let's start with – who do you want to start with, Germany or Spain? You can call on this. Uh, let's start with Germany. Let's start with Germany. All right. The 2014 champions obviously had a disaster four years ago, bowing out in the group stage after two L's, one to Mexico on the opening game and then to South Korea. They have come back with a Euro appearance that was kind of average. I mean, lost to England in the knockout stage in the round of 16. Uh, that game was at Wembley, though, so obviously it was a lot of uh, – and, and a big advantage for England – but, you know, you, what did you think of Germany at the Euro Cup? Kind of a new-look version. They're bringing 15 of their players from the last Euro Cup onto this World Cup squad, only 11 from the last World Cup, and some big names no longer in the squad. No Mats Hummels, no Sammy Kadira, no Mezzadozo, no Marco Royce, no Jerome Boateng. Tony Cruz retired after the Euros. What's your, what's your, what were your thoughts on the Euros and this current squad? I'm I'm a little nervous for Germany right now. I feel like they're missing two key things, and it's it's like clinical. They're clinical striker. They don't really have one. Like Havertz scored two goals in Euros, which is okay. Um, and then obviously Kroos is out. Muller is old. He's still good, obviously, but he is old. And you know, I I just I'm just nervous about them scoring goals. Um, I think they can defend still pretty well, even though they lost Hummels. He was kind of on his way out anyways. Um, and they got a lot of new, like, new younger guys like Klosterman, Goosens. Um, and if Rudiger can play as well as he did last year, then I don't know. But I'm worried about those scoring goals big time. I don't think Goosens got selected this time. Oh, did he not? So I guess I guess we'll go to the squad right now. This is their squad for the 2022 World Cup. Also, the first tournament, I believe their first tournament, without head coach Yogi Love. <laughs> yes, it is. So Hansi Flick, who obviously has had a, had a great career, but you know, notably with Bayern in recent years from 2019 to 2021. Now this is his first major tournament. This is the squad that he selected. The captain, World Cup winner, one of the best goalies of his generation, Manuel Neuer, but he's 36 years old now. And that already brings us to the first question. Manuel Neuer or Marc-Andre Ter Stegen? What do you do if you're Hansi Flick? <sighs> That's such a tough call. I feel like the safe play is Neuer, but uh, I don't know. You could go either way with that. Ter Stegen's been one of the best keepers, to some, the best in the world for the last couple of years. No, yeah, no, he's been up there for, yeah, 100%. Um, and I wouldn't blame him for going with him at all. 
Uh, depends what style of play they're going for. If they do try to work out of the back like they have in the past, then they'd probably go Neuer. But at the same time, you're right. Just Stegen's been really good. That's that's kind of what I was going to say. You took the words out of my mouth. It's the the whole thing with Neuer is that he can play out of the back, go with his feet. Just Stegen maybe the more reliable shot stopper right now. Right at this point of his career. As far as the back, you know, Mats Hummels was a guy who was so integral to the 2014 uh, World Cup winning squad. Obviously, as you said, he's kind of on the way out now. Antonio Rudiger, since the last World Cup and even since the last Euro Cup, um, I believe actually, you know, he was coming off the Champions League win the last Euro Cup, but he now on Real Madrid is at his best years after the last World Cup. What do you think about this defense for Germany here? The names David Rom from RB Leipzig getting his first appearance at a major tournament. Matthias Ginter, he's been on a couple of tournament teams. Joshua Kimmich, who is just such a versatile player. You've seen him play in midfield. You've seen him play right back at times. And then Nicholas Sula from Dortmund. He's been on some tournament teams. You mentioned Klosterman from Leipzig. Uh, Christian Gunter. So what do you what do you what do you do if you're Germany in terms of starting at the back? Who are you, who are you playing out there? The back, I should say. I'd probably go Rudiger for sure. You have to go Rudiger. I'd probably keep Kimmich in the midfield um, potentially. But like you said, if we wanted to put him at right back, that'd be good. I like Klosterman a lot. To be honest, uh, this year, I'm not exactly sure how well he's playing, but I know last year was really good. Um, I like Klosterman a lot. And then I feel like it's either got to be Sula or Ginter in that middle with uh, Rudiger, uh, and that's sort of up to the coach. And then, yeah, like, I mean, at right back, I'm not really sure you could put Kimmich there. Klosterman could play either one, but he has, he's got to play one, and then I'm not really sure who they'd go with on the other side. So. Um, yeah, it's not as I'm not as confident in this defense as I normally am with Germany, honestly. Now that we look at the names, I think Nicholas Sula and uh, Antonio Rudiger is probably the most likely center back pairing. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm looking at their last couple of games, and uh, Rom played as the left back. And I think right back, you could see Tilo Kerr from West Ham play there. Um, maybe he's mainly a center back, but can also play fullback. We will see some decisions for Hansi Flick at, in the midfield. I mean, in 2014, that was their strong suit for sure with Tony Kroos, Bastian Schweinsteiger, and Sandy Kadira. It's all new now. You got Joshua Kimmich, who you said could play there. Leon Goretzka, who has 44 caps for Germany, played in the last World Cup, uh, played on the Euro squad as well. Yeah. yeah I, mean, what I, what, I mean, you got to play Kimmich, obviously, as a CDM kind of holding role. Um, I'd probably give the nod to Goretzka as well. Um, and then it depends if you play Muller at a sort of a cam role or as like a false nine. Um, you could do that with him. I also really like Musiala. I know they probably won't play him as much um, as he's getting played at Bayern, but I do really like Musiala, and I could definitely see him getting some good minutes in that midfield. Oh, you know what? And then we didn't even mention is uh... – Ilkay Gundogan, who's had some really great years for Man City these last couple seasons. Obviously, they won the title back-to-back seasons, and he's been a big part of that. Huge games, uh, a huge game on the last day of the season uh, to end the 2022 season. But you mentioned a, a name that might be, depending on his opportunity, in contention for that best young player, maybe, in Jamal Musiala from Bayern. Initial impressions of him, he's only 19 years old. He was born in 2003 playing for Bayern, but he has some glowing reviews. Anything on him so far? I mean, he's been elite in most aspects of his game. Uh, I mean, 
just going forward, he's he's got great touch, great feel for the ball. He's quick um, and he's fearless. And that's like that's something that it's it's an underrated like fact about players is like you know somebody like you can have a, you can have a great dribbler, but if they're not going to actually go at people, then it's irrelevant. Um, and yeah. I think just Musiala is always looking to attack. And uh, I know he's really young, but I say give him a shot. Yeah, I think, I think I don't know what you would say is the biggest question for that squad. You know, you are, you started off by saying it's the goal scoring, which is a fair point. I mean, Germany's always been known for banging in goals. In the last uh, Euro Cup, it wasn't as much the case. But you also have to look at up front. You know, that brings us to, to Timo Werner being injured for this tournament. Yeah. You know, that, that was probably going to be their main man. But Timo Werner's also had his problems scoring goals with Chelsea. Just come back to Leipzig, though, and he seems to have an easier time scoring goals there, but they'll be without him in the tournament. So up front, they got a couple of guys that are notable, especially on the wings, starting with Serge Gnabry from Bayern Munich and then Leroy Sané that was not picked for the 2018 World Cup squad very controversially. Played in the Euros, but he and, and Serge both play on Bayern now on opposite sides. They've been killing it. And Thomas Mueller, you also said, also Bayern Munich. A lot of Bayern players in this squad. In fact, 20 of them, I believe, are from <laughs> Bundesliga. Only yeah. Antonio Rudiger, Tilo Kerr, Kai Havertz, Ilkay Gundogan, and Armel Bella Uh Actually, five, only five of them don't play in the Bundesliga. Wow. So, yeah, big Bundesliga contingent, huge Bayern Munich contingent. Tell me about those electric wing players. Yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> I am a little nervous, obviously, about the like not having like a clinical striker. But this is a team that can spread the scoring around, and if they can successfully do that, then they can 100% make a run. I mean, obviously, like we said, it's Tommy on one wing, Gnabry on another wing, and you can either have Muller in there as a sort of a false nine. You can have Cap- Kai Havertz in there as sort of a hybrid role as well. Um, and I mean, they just have pace for days on those wings. Uh, and so, I mean, I know Sonny is playing well. I think Gnabry is as well. And so, you know, I, I think if they can find their goal-scoring touch, which they've had at many times in their careers, uh, then they can definitely make a, a big run. But I'm still a little worried, man. Last last World Cup, I'm pretty sure Mario uh, Gomez was, like, their starting striker. I don't know. Yeah, well, I think Werner. But they brought Gomez off the bench. But Werner yeah. didn't really impress much. He hasn't really impressed much in tournaments yet. I think he scored a goal, too, Gomez did. I could he probably did. I can't remember off the top of my head. But what would you say, to finish off on Germany, what would you say your expectation is for them if you're a German fan? I mean, you got to say you're getting out of the group. For sure. Um, and then so. depending on matchups, I mean, I would. they're not my title favorite, but to certainly get to the semifinals I think would be a – Success. Uh, that's like, yeah, I'd say that's that'd be certainly a success. I'd say maybe to win a knockout game. Yeah, but let's let's we can look at the the group next door. I mean, it's Belgium or Croatia most likely in the next round. So we'll see. I think I think you, if you're a German though, you'd be optimistic against either of those teams. I would be optimistic for sure, especially against Croatia, who I mean, their best players old now, very old, uh, old but very good. Yes, obviously still very good, but yeah. Let's go over to Spain, a team that, you know, has played Germany in our lifetime a good amount into major games. Obviously, the Euro final 2008, World Cup semifinal in 2010. They now play each other in this World Cup again, but in the group stage, they're both favored to get out of the group. 
As for Spain, it's kind of a similar situation to Germany. They were really good in the early 2010s, had their golden generation where they went two Euro Cups in a row and a World Cup in between, and then had the Germany experience in 2014 where they bowed out. Serena Ramos, Sarah Piquet, Iniesta, Xavi, they, those guys all just kind of – that was their last last run. Yeah. And then in 2018, they looked pretty good. But in the game against Russia in that round of 16, they just couldn't score. They scored once on an own goal, lost in penalties, and then put out a completely different kind of team in the 2021 Euro Cup. Only six of their players from this World Cup squad are from the last World uh, from the last World Cup, but 17 from the last Euro squad. This is a young Spanish team. 18 of them play in La Liga. Seven for Barcelona. What do you think of that? Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. They're a young team. Um, the likes of Pedri, Gavi, Ansu Fati, Danny Olmo's pretty young. Um, pa Torres. No, sorry, not Pa Torres. Um, uh, He's on a squad. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. Uh, I meant Eric Garcia, though, being a young player. Uh, yeah. And so I am even less confident in them than I am in Germany in terms of scoring goals. Um, I feel like, you know, like in Euros – we saw Morata kind of come back. He scored three goals, and he looked pretty darn good. I'm happy you mentioned him because he was left off the 2018 World Cup squad because that was after his first season at Chelsea. That was a disaster. But you're right. He redeemed himself a little bit in that Euro. Yeah, no, exactly. So, I mean, if he can play like he did in Euros, then they have a shot. But it's I think the team's just kind of too young, sort of a similar situation with the United States. You know, our team's just too young. I don't think we have it in them this year. <laughs> Well, here's some of the vets for, for Spain. Actually, before we go to their squad, I want to talk about their the results in Euro, if you, if you don't remember. Um, yeah, sure. First game, drew nil-nil to Sweden. Second game, drew Poland 1-1. So I remember through two games, it was looking like Spain was looking a little questionable. Then they had the 5-0 win over Slovakia, which blew the doors open. They go to the knockout stage, have an amazing, incredible – a game that we don't really talk about enough, but I think part of that – Euro not being talked about outside of the last couple of games of the tournament was the amount of the whole, the code. There was a still strict COVID rules. There weren't sellouts till end of the stadium, end of the tournament. So still some games weren't as memorable as they could have been. But one of those games, Croatia and Spain in the round of 16 was just absolutely nuts. Spain beat them five, three in extra time. And then in the quarterfinals beat Switzerland on penalties. And then the semifinals lost to Italy on penalties after a 1-1 game. They've gone out in penalties two straight tournaments, but going back to the semifinals in that last Euro gave them some optimism. Let's look at the squad, though, right now. The controversial, I'm just going to start at the beginning and ask your opinion. David De Gea left off the team. Uh, thoughts on that? I mean, when you look at the people who they did bring, like I guess the best Unai Simone from Bilbao, I guess the best. Definitely. Um, and... That confuses me, to be honest. That really does confuse me. I think that was a clear uh, miscalculation on their part. I think they should have, even if even if for whatever reason they didn't want to play him, you got to bring him. Yeah, Luis Enrique obviously, you know, had a, such a successful run with Barcelona in the Messi, Suarez, Neymar era, and now it's his second tournament in charge of Spain. Uh, a lot of pressure for them to do a little some some. I don't know about win the whole thing. But here's some of their squad. The goalkeepers they did bring, Robert Sanchez from Brighton, only made one appearance for Spain on the senior level. Unai Simón, as you said, most likely their starter. David Raya 
from Brentford has only made one appearance. And then their defenders, a lot of more notable names here. Cesar Espelicueta, uh, Chelsea servant, um, one of my favorites. Eric Garcia, as you said, 21 years old from Barcelona. Pau Torres, 25 years old from Villarreal. Uh, Jose Gaia, Hugo Guillamon from Valencia has only made three appearances for them on the senior level. And of course, Danny Carvajal, uh, Jordi Alba, and Man City center back, Emerick Laporte. A lot of good names there. Uh, no Jarbique, and for the first time in a long time, no Sergio Ramos. Yeah. And I mean, as we obviously know, those are their, their main center backs. Um, and if you notice on that list, you named a lot of uh, outside backs and a lot of, I mean, Aspilicueta can play both, but he's on the smaller side to begin with. Um, For a center back. The, you have Laporte, obviously, who you can start in that middle if you want. Um, but I, 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 like, I feel like that defense is way more attacking savvy than they are defensively, which is not necessarily what you're looking for, obviously. And then without De Gea back there either, it's it's a little suspect. Well, let's look at their last the last game that they played against Portugal, the Nations League. Uh, they went with Pau Torres and Giamon, but I don't see Giamon getting a start in the first game of a World Cup. Um, I think Laporte would be a good choice. He has a lot of club experience at a high level, yeah. Man City. Um, but you're right. I mean, Pau Torres, Eric Garcia, how conf- confident are you guys? Are you in these guys in, in such big games? I'm not sure. And as for Cesar Espelicueta, I love him, but I don't think he's the best fullback. I think he's amazing in back fives yeah. as, a, as a right-sided center back, especially. But I think Dani Carvajal is uh, probably the better choice. And Jordi Alba, I think, will definitely be on the left-hand side. Unless yeah. anything else on that? Any chance sure. of that? No, I agree with everything you just said. Um, that's probably what we'll look at. The midfield, the place where Spain used to tear teams apart. Sergio Busquets is 34 years old, the captain, but still, I mean, when we talk about longevity, he's up there with anybody in his era, one of the best at what he does. You also have another amazing midfielder, Rodri, from Man City. He's had some crazy good years these last couple of seasons. And a a notable omission, Thiago Alcantara, not making the team. I also want to say Sergio Ramos wasn't on the Euro squad, too. I forgot about that. So it's not the first time they go without him in the tournament. But at least they got that experience without him last time. Um, and then other notable names in midfield, Pedri, who was, the, in my opinion, the biggest standout from the last tournament. He was just like – he showed so much composure. He had, I think he has a chance to be one of the best in the world. 19 years old. Um, right. Who would you start in this midfield? I think Sergio Busquets and Pedri definitely get in there. Um, who else do you start with? Do you go Rodri, a little, a little extra defensive shape? Uh, you, you definitely – and honestly, with this team, I actually wouldn't mind going with Rodri to get more – of that defensive fortitude in the center of the pitch. Um, if you have those attacking wing backs that can get up and down. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would definitely start oh, with and uh, Pedri. And then the last spot, I mean, you could chance it with Gavi. I'm not sure if I'm as confident as I am with Pedri on that. But uh, 18 years old. Wow. Yeah, he's young. He's pretty good, though. He is pretty oh, good. Okay. He has a lot of experience. Yeah, he does. Um, I'm honestly not really sure how he's playing currently. Uh, I knew he like he used to be good a couple of years ago. Um, he might he might be having a really good year. I know Marcus Llorente had a really good year last year. Um, I'm not sure if I expect him to start or anything, but I, he had a really good year um, for Atletico Madrid. Um, but yeah, 
it's all about the young guys, basically, in, in, in terms of, like, cam rolls going forward in the midfield. Up front, I think Alvaro Morata will start. Other yeah. players further forward, you've got Marco Asensio from Real Madrid, usually plays on the right-hand side. Ferran Torres from Barcelona, played for Man City for a bit, scored two goals in the last Euro Cup. Nico Williams, 20-year-old, getting his first call to a major tournament for Athletic Bilbao, has only played two games for Spain. And then you have... We didn't mention Carlos Soler from PSG in midfield, but up front also Danny Olmo and Pablo Sarabia, guys that got good minutes in the last Euros. And, of course, Barcelona wonder kid Ansu Fati at 20 years old. What do you think about the attack? I think it, this one's one of the easier starting three, assuming they go a 4-3-3. Um, yeah, obviously, like you said, Morata in the middle. And then I would personally go Torres and Fati on the wings. I think when you look at the way Torres has played, especially on the national team, uh, he's played, I think, better than he plays for club usually. Um, and then Ansu Fati, I mean, it's it's just a talent thing. I know he's still pretty young, but at the end of the day, it's a young team, and I think you just got to put as much talent on the pitch as possible to give yourself a shot. So I think that's an easy top three. Man, honestly, I'm really – in terms of – I know the individuals, but in terms of watching Spain as a team, I'm, I'm as unfamiliar with them as I've been going into World Cup. So, honestly, I don't even think I'm fit to make a lineup prediction. But what I do know is that these two teams should get out of the group. But – Oh, yeah. But we should talk about the other two teams um, that are going to be vying for that dark – those dark horse spots to try to get an upset. Let's start with our fellow CONCACAF partners, Costa Rica. Obviously, 2014 <laughs> – they had an amazing Cinderella run to the – was it the round of 16 or the quarter? It was a quarterfinal. They made the quarters crazy. Quarterfinal. And you know what the funny part is about this squad? A lot of their players are still on the team, just really old and playing locally uh, in Costa Rica. I counted 16 players play locally for Costa Rica now <laughs> in this squad and some notable names from previous World Cups. Goalkeeper Keylor Navas, 35 years old, over 100 appearances for the national team at this point. You also have Brian Oviedo, 32 years old. Oscar Duarte, 33 years old. Brian Ruiz is still the captain at age 37. Celso Borges, 154 appearances for them. Yeltsin Tejeda. And, of course, you might remember a big name from the past, Joel Campbell. For oh. So all these guys are in their 30s. I don't see them getting out of the group, but you got anything on them? They made it via the CONCACAF playoff beating New Zealand. Yeah. No, I mean, I definitely don't have them coming out of the group. Uh, it's, you know, with these smaller countries, you see this a lot. You know, the older veteran players who've been there before and are still making a living doing this, um, they're going to be the ones getting chosen. There's not many Costa Rican wonder kids out there. Um, and so this is just sort of what they have to go with. I mean, Navas is still pretty good. Uh, Joel Campbell, that's, that's, that's pretty cool too. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't think uh, they're going to do anything really. Sad. But uh, if they, if you are Costa Rican or Costa Ricense and you, uh, and you guys do better than this and you make it out of the group, you can come back and laugh at us because <laughs> yeah, definitely. I apologize. Oh, yeah. And then the last team, a team that I honestly think if there's a team that gets out of a group that's kind of – or gets out of this group that you might be surprised, it's going to be Japan and not Costa Rica. I think Japan has a chance to be a team that 
goes further than people realize. And that's because in recent history, they've been a tricky team at these World Cups. Obviously, 2010, Keisuke Honda put on a show in South Africa. Yeah. And they made it to the round of 16, lost to Paraguay on penalties. 2014, they weren't as good. And then 2018, they tied with Senegal and got through on financial – I'm sorry, FIFA fair play, had less yellow card accumulation, but really put everybody on uh, on uh, notice when they almost beat Belgium, the best version of Belgium we've seen. We're up 2-0 and Belgium came back. It was a heartbreaking way to go out, but they really showed everybody how good they are. And they finished second in their Asian qualifying group in the after Saudi Arabia with seven wins, one draw, and two losses. What do you know about Japan? They're a tricky squad. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to like sit here and say I know a lot of the players on the team, um, but you mentioned uh, when they got through on the, the fair play last uh, World Cup, and I mean, they've, they've gone out of the group three of the last five World Cups. So to your point, I think that if there's a team that you could see getting out of the group that isn't necessarily expected to, I think Japan is one of those teams. They have a lot of players playing in Europe, um, a lot more than you'd probably just expect without no, like seeing the roster. Obviously, they have Tomoyasu. We'll get into the defense in a second, but they have Tomoyasu on Arsenal. And then they have a bunch of players playing in Germany as well. Um, so I think, I mean, dark horse to get out of the group for sure. Yeah, Japan. So here are some of the older names you might recognize. IG, I hope I'm saying his name right. IG Kawashima, their goalkeeper. I don't know if he's going to start. 39 years old, 95 appearances for the national team. Yuto Nagatomo, who plays for FC Tokyo now, but he was on Inter in some of their years in, with, you know, Samuel Eto, those guys, Diego Milito. 137 appearances for Japan. And then slightly more capped guys, or slightly less capped guys, but also have a decent amount of appearances for the team. Takumi Minamino, he was on Liverpool for a bit. Now he's on Monaco. And then you mentioned Takehiro Tomiyasu from Arsenal, who's been really – I mean, this season Ben White's keeping him out of the team a lot. But last season he really showed he was a really solid option at right back. And then Takuma Asano, 36 appearances for Japan, plays in Germany right now. As you said, a lot of players for Germany. Maya Yoshida, still the captain, or Yoshida, 121 Appearances for Germany um, for Japan. He is the captain. Plays for Schalke. Yeah, as you said, a good amount of players that play in Germany. Um, any notable names from this squad you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> there's, I mean, there's not much to talk about. I mean, Minamino, if he can <laughs> relive some of the magic, I mean, that'd be awesome. That was some great football he was playing. First uh, tournament he's not been involved in for, for a while for, for Japan. I don't know if he was involved in the 2019 Asian Cup where they were runner-ups to Qatar. I feel bad for Qatar now because I forgot that they won the Asian Cup and I didn't even uh, – we gave him such little airtime in, in, in the Group A preview. But Japan finished in second place and they got some pace. They also recently beat the USA. I feel like as Americans we should acknowledge that. They did beat the USA recently in a friendly. Um, they also beat South Korea 3-0 in July – and the most recent game they just played was September 27th. They drew Ecuador nil-nil. But I don't really like to look too far into friendlies. They played Japan Germany in their first game. I don't think it's very good playing Germany usually their first game because historically Germany have come out and given some teams some ass whoopings. But if they can get three points against Costa Rica, I think if you're Japan, you've got to look at that game against Costa Rica, Costa Rica to get three points and hopefully get a point off one of those other two big teams. Yeah. No, Costa Rica is a must win. 
And uh, yeah, I would definitely be nervous walking into Qatar and then having to play Germany off rip. Um, but if they can get a result in that first game, you got to think there's a lot of optimism um, in the club if they can, can get a point from Germany in that opening game. Takumi Minamino is the only or the highest goal scorer on the Japanese national team for the national team right now with 17 goals for them. Um, it's not not that many players that have really scored goals for the national team. So it'll be really interesting to see how they do. I think Japan's one of those teams that plays with nothing to lose. Let's get your group predictions, though. You can go game by game or you can go overall. Um, I guess I'll give you the games right sure. now. Let's see. First game of the group, Germany versus Japan. Actually, I'm, I'm going to be in attendance at that one. I forgot to mention this. I'm going to be in attendance at that one. That was the game that I actually had to – we had to get that game to confirm that we could go because the other games we got off resale. But that game was the first one we had to actually put the money down to get because you can't go to Qatar unless you have the game ticket. Okay. So I'll be at that one. Any prediction for that? Yeah. I mean, I would assume that Germany is going to pull that out. I think they start hot um, and stay hot at least throughout the group. So I think they definitely pull that out. What about Spain versus uh, Costa Rica? I mean, it should be an easy one, uh, but it's also one of those games where I could see Navas standing on his head and then just like getting like a nil-nil, one-one draw. That is true. Kaylor Navas, I mean, I, you know, goalkeepers age a little differently. You don't have to do as much running. 35-year-old, he can still make things happen, in my opinion. Yeah. And then you've got Japan versus Costa Rica. Like we said, it's a must-win. Um, and I think they do. I think they know why they're here and what they need to do to they, – they need to get three points that game if they want any shot at doing anything. So I think they pull that out. All right. How about – Spain and Germany. That's obviously going to be the marquee game of the group. It comes second in match yeah, day two. 100%. Um, and, you know, I think I think Germany has it. Um, I think I think Germany just has too much um, attacking power going forward, and I am nervous about that Spain back line and who's in net for them, and I just think I think they'll pull it out. And then you've got the final match day. Costa Rica, Germany. I mean, it's probably going to be a blowout. Wow, so you're going Costa Rica with zero points. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I know. I think they could tie Spain. I think they could tie Spain. But you're going to go with zero points for this prediction? Sure. <laughs> All right. And then Germany – I'm sorry, Japan and Spain. That's the one that Japan uh, needs to get, get something out of then. Again, that could easily be a tie, and I could I could see an upset for sure. Um, let's, pop, let's, let's make that a tie. Let's make things interesting. Ooh, so it come down to goal difference between how much Spain is. That's right. But the way you're talking, the way your tone was, you think Spain's going to get a more narrow win against Costa Rica. It sounds like you think Japan uh, could give them a nice little 2-0 action or something. You know, to be honest, I think think Japan gets the two-seed on goal difference. Okay, I like it. Going bold a little bit. Bold take. There we go. We need need a little hot take action. So I'm going to go with – I'm really having a tough time with this one. I think Spain and Germany are going to draw. I think it's going to be 2-2. It'll be a fun game. But you know what's weird? I uh, See, I can't copy you. I'm going to go with the, I'm gonna have to go with the safe pick to be different. Okay, um, fair enough. Who's winning the group? I'm going to go with Germany. I'm going to go with Germany, but it could be it could be very close. This one's going to be interesting. I think, though, if Germany and Spain just take care of business, it shouldn't be that. It shouldn't be too crazy. But – as always, just having those two powers in the group. Is this the closest to a group of death? There's not really a group of death for me this time around, but maybe? Yeah, there, there isn't really one, but I think this one is probably as close as you can get. 
Well, Dean, we'll reconvene during the tournament. This was fun. Any last words? Uh, man, it was a pleasure. Uh, happy to finally be on. And then hopefully uh, we can talk some Celtics basketball, too, as the season goes on. That's right. But also World Cup oh, when it goes wait. on. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot. All right. Group D, baby.